probably haven't heard much about this story. SNC Lavalin. They are currently facing fraud and corruption charges in connection with nearly $48 million in payments made to the Libyan government officials uh, between 2001 and 2011. And a court conviction could see the company facing a potential 10-year ban on bidding on federal contracts. That's why the um, former attorney general was going to go. Wasn't going to go with the remediation agreement that the uh, Trudeau government was pushing for. They say that we weren't pushing. We didn't even know she made up her mind. Anyhow, to talk about uh, SNC and, you know, what a 10-year ban on federal contracts would mean for SNC, we're joined by Ian Lee, Professor Ian Lee from Carleton University. He's currently teaching in Shanghai. And Ian, I understand you've been studying SNC Lavalin for quite a while now, so you know the ins and outs. Uh, I have because I, uh, in my course, which is corporate and business strategy, we study publicly traded companies such as Lavalin, and we analyze them to determine if they're going in the right direction, the wrong direction. Are they? Do they have a competitive advantage? Are they profitable? That sort of thing. In other words, we're dealing with the very same questions that that have have been raised by politicians who are saying, "Oh my goodness." Lavalin's on the edge of insolvency, you know, if they don't get uh, saved by uh, uh, a remediation agreement, they're, they're toast and we're, you know, we're doomed in Canada. And I've been reading and following this commentary with just incredulity uh, because it is so nonsensical. If one examines, as I have done, the audited financial statements of Lavalin, published only two weeks ago on their website, available to the world to anybody who wants to download it and read it, one would discover immediately that the Lavalin management, that of course signs off on the financial statements, in their discussion of the results of the company, have stated the exact opposite to what the politicians are saying. So why are the shares hovering at seven-year lows? Sorry, Ian, why are the shares so low then? Yeah, no, I understand your question. Um, the the market the pr- the price in the share price the share price in the marketplace. I tell my students this all the time. You know, it, it's up and down. Pardon my language. It's up and down like a toilet seat, and you sh- you do not analyze or determine the sh- the long term strategic health of a company by the minute by the second by the minute by the day gyrations and 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 ups and downs in the share price you know it's i don't want to get into climate change okay but it's the distinction the difference between talking about the weather versus long-term change in in weather patterns the fact that you know the temperature at you know at 8 a.m in ottawa is one temperature and at 2 p.m in the afternoon it's a completely different temperature does not address the larger strategic direction of where weather is going. Same thing with the share price. And the management is required by law under the regulatory bodies that regulate the capital markets. That's the Ontario Securities Commission in Toronto and the SEC in the States, the Securities and Exchange Commission. They're required to interpret the meaning of the financial statements and tell investors and possible investors where this company is going. And the, the management did so, and they said that Lavalin is in very strong shape. They have a year and a half of business booked on their books that they haven't even yet delivered. $15 billion 
of um, of uh, booked business that hasn't yet been um, uh, delivered because they're 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 back they're behind on their back orders. Mm-hmm. They their revenues were up eight percent last year. Their equity, the net worth of the company, is over three point five billion. That's with a B dollars. This is absolutely not a company uh, hanging on by bankruptcy. And in fact, if they were, the management would have to disclose this in the management discussion and analysis of the financial statements. And they certainly did not say that Lavalin is on the edge of insolvency. So okay, so let me ask you this, Ian. Bogus nonsense. I, let me ask you this, because I know there's a little bit of a delay because you're in Shanghai. Um, but I, I yeah. want to know then, the Trudeau government is leaning on the fact that this remediation agreement would be the way to go um, to save jobs. But um, the, the reality is, is that Canada's, our workforce in Canada has been shrinking for the last decade where Lavalin is concerned. Uh, Kelly, you're absolutely right. Let me go much further. This idea that if 9,000, first off, Lavalin's not going to fail. There's absolutely no serious evidence by any serious investor that says that Lavalin is on the edge of failure. That's not the case. Let's, let's pretend that they've got it right. They don't. Let's pretend. And let's say that the 9,000 jobs are going to disappear because of a failure. In Canada, as we speak, According to Stats Canada, there are 500,000 job vacancies in our country that are unfilled. There is a shortage of workers in Canada. And when you look at the workers at Lavalin, Lavalin is an excellent company, notwithstanding its problems, and their serious problems, with uh, paying bribes in foreign countries to get contracts. But their engineers are of a very high quality. They're highly educated, highly trained, and very much in demand engineers to do these turnkey uh, engineering projects like build an entire uh, dam or a bridge or an entire airport from scratch. These are big mega projects in the developing world. They are in high demand. And so the point that I'm trying to make is, is that First off, Lavalin's not going to fail. Secondly, if it was, those workers would be snapped up so fast, our heads would spin at at the uh, speed at which they'd be picked up. And the remaining companies, and there's only a handful of companies in the entire world. The Globe and Mail says it's between 8 and 10. I think it's between 5 and 6 of world-class large companies with the scale, the expertise, and the competencies to deal with these world-class infrastructure projects. Lavalin is one of them. The demand will continue very quickly, Kelly. In the financial statements, audited financial statements, they brag about the fact, correctly so, that they have signed contracts in 50, 50 countries around the world uh, in this industry. In other words, they are geographically diversified. So if they were and unable to bid in one country, they've got another 49 countries of business. Right. And, and the so threat again, has been, the and, and Ian, I got to break in for a second. So I'm running out of time and I really want to ask you some things. The threat the Trudeau's given is that the company has said, you know what, we'll pay, we'll, we'll get out of Montreal. 
will uh, take up stocks and will go to uh, London. But that's such a silly threat because they're dealing with Brexit right now. And, uh, you know, it might not go so well if they were, um, I guess, uh, stationed in London for them. Let me give you an uh, even more compelling argument against that to suggest it's an absolutely silly and specious argument. Successive premiers of Quebec, who, by the way, through the Caisse de Dépôt, which is the pension arm of the government of Quebec, owns 20% of Lavalin and signed an agreement with Lavalin that they may not move the company before 2024 at the very earliest. These successive premiers, including the current premier, have said there is no way that they're going to allow Lavalin to A, fail, or B, be moved. So when people are running around saying, oh, my goodness, oh, my goodness, Loveland's going to fail or it's going to move to London, there is no basis, no empirical basis of documentary evidence, such as audited financial statements, that supports such preposterous statements. Ian, I want to leave you with something and ask you for your reaction on this. So I don't know if you had a chance to see it. You are in Shanghai right now teaching a course. But uh, Trudeau yesterday held a, a press conference and then afterwards fielded some questions. And one of the reporters said, where did you get 9,000 jobs uh, from with regard to SNC-Lavalin? Here's what our prime minister said. We uh, had uh, heard representations from uh, various sources, including the company itself, uh, that this was uh, an issue of deep concern to them and that it would uh, potentially have consequences as dire as uh, the company having to uh, leave Canada altogether. And that would be something that obviously would have a severe impact on the thousands of people employed right across the country uh, by uh, this uh, engineering firm. So this was uh, an issue that we understood was serious, but uh, as I said and as I continue to say, the decision uh, around a DPA uh, is not mine to make. So who's uh, got the lies and half-truths going on here? Um, With the greatest respect to the Prime Minister of Canada, The audited financial statements of a publicly traded company are examined and scrutinized by the regulators, who are the Ontario Securities Commission in Toronto and the SEC in the States. If a company, the management, provide false, knowingly false information to investors or potential investors, they can be prosecuted individually. They are required, the management of publicly traded companies, to disclose any, and I'm using the phrase from the law, materially significant information concerning the future of the company. In other words, if there is a serious risk of insolvency, they must disclose it, as Sears did in their financial statement prior to their failure. So wait a minute, you're saying to me that that they um, would be personally responsible if they gave the prime minister misinformation? They could lose their shirt, their house, whatever they own, and it wouldn't be a business situation. Um, I'm saying... Uh, Not quite, but almost. I'm saying if they disclose to the public that everything is coming up roses and everything's hunky-dory when, in fact, they're not, Mm -hmm. that that is a violation of the law. If they are secretly planning a move to another country without disclosing it, that is a significantly material piece of information that they're required by law to disclose. So what Mr. Trudeau seems to be suggesting in code is, is that either... 
the company has been deceiving and misleading the, the investors around the world in Lavalin, and there's no evidence that I can find that they are doing so. Mm-hmm. Or alternatively, this may be just political spin to justify their decision. In other words, let me be really blunt. Lavalin and any publicly traded company must disclose materially significant information concerning a serious change in their condition, such as that they're about to file insolvency or move to another country or exit an industry, that sort of thing. This You can't keep these sorts of things secret as a publicly traded company. That is, very, uh, that is deceptive, and you will be subject to being investigated and possibly prosecuted by the OSC and the SSC, SEC. I didn't, there is no data, no information on the record that suggests that Lavalin is on the edge of insolvency or that Lavalin is about to move to another country. All right, is so no is this, Ian, i got to wrap her up, is this confusion for confusion's sake? Well, there's no basis that I can determine in the documentary written record hmm. of anything filed by the company that supports <laughs> what was said. Thank you so much, Ian. Have yourself a fantastic evening. I know it's it's evening for you in Shanghai, right? Yes, it is. All right. Well, nighty night, and thanks Thank for joining you. us. Have a great weekend. Thank you. Cheers. That's Ian Lee, Carlton Prof, currently teaching in Shanghai.